0: All right. Welcome to another week of the Between Two Pines podcast. Uh, this week you have myself, Austin, uh, you have my co-host, Zach, and then this week we also have uh, a great guest host this week, a uh, long friend of mine, we got her on the podcast, uh, Carrie Ann, and uh, Carrie Ann is a naturalist working in the uh, Chicagoland area. So we're going to be talking to her about some of the the things that she does, being a naturalist and uh, general stuff about the position. But beyond that, we have our typical stuff. We're going to go over some news in the outdoors. Uh, We're going to talk about what we did this week. And then we'll do Zach's cooking corner as well as hot gear, cold beer. So we'll get right into it. Uh, Zach, I'm going to let you lead here because you had some uh, big news this week that you did. You want to get right into it?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, I've been dating Tracy for some time and we figured it was time to get, get a move on to some stuff in terms of uh, life, life-altering things along that line so we went out and wanted to go mushroom hunting one morning and uh, while she was getting her her snake boots on, I hopped around the car and Got down on a knee and proposed to her, and she said yes, and uh, kind of took her off guard. But it was in this big giant uh, spring and uh, park service area around here. It's a big giant blue spring that kind of boils out of a rock wall, and just uh, one of our favorite spots around here. And I figured that'd be a good as good of a place as I need to ask. And the only downside is we didn't find any mushrooms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is that, that is rough that's rough well you know you can't count it as a total loss that day i mean you got you got a fiance but you didn't get a mushroom that's the that's the, the, the downfalls of mushroom picking sometimes
1: yeah but, but no i we're both real excited and uh we can't wait to get uh get closer to whenever whenever we're gonna get married
0: yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm super happy for you guys. And uh what, what what better way to do it, especially for you two? Uh those that don't know Tracy and Zach, they're both obviously Zach is quite the outdoorsman, but Tracy is quite the outdoors woman as well. So what what a what a better way to do it than uh, you know, to do it in the outdoors while while about to mushroom pick. Um but yeah, I saw some of the other stuff you did. Obviously that's a big one, but you you said you had some other stuff going on this week.
1: Yeah, I take advantage of some of the free fishing Missouri's offering still right now, and just catching a few largemouth here and there from offshore. Water's getting a little warmer. It was 85 today here. Um,
2: oh, wow!
1: but It's 85 today, and then tomorrow night's, like, a low of 33. So, All
0: right. oh, Yeah, well, yeah, that's... I wish. I wish that was what was going on here.
1: Yeah, but... We're also in a tornado warning right now, so if I just don't respond, then <laughs> oh, no. just keep going without me, and I uh, <laughs> just got swept away.
0: That's good. Uh, and I saw you, too. You, you said you saw an elk?
1: Yeah, we went to a different part of the National Park Service area that kind of borders uh, cur- the current river down here, and we were looking off into some fields, and we just saw, not 20 yards from the truck, a cow and two calves just hanging out in this Whoa. open... Whoa. This open meadow and stuff. Red, the red buds are blooming. The dogwoods are starting to pop, and it's just red, yellow, white, pink, green. Everything's just blooming, and it's just perfect. picture perfect.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, I, it always trips me up because I forget that there's elk like in that area. You forget that they're, like the range of elk. I always picture them out west, but then I forget there's elk in Wisconsin. There's elk in Minnesota. There's elk in Missouri that's it you know it's insane
1: yeah and all of these all of these elk on the eastern side of the country all came from kentucky kentucky has like 12 to fifteen thousand elk in the state
0: Ooh, Wow!
1: damn yeah that's impressive
0: i didn't even realize that well that's cool any get anything else done yeah it's. i mean you, you had quite the week geez right. i'm over here like <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, uh, anything else uh, just
1: uh, just working i don't know Kind of just still thankful to be working and still just plugging away.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, exactly. You got to be thankful that you still got a job. Exactly. And then, uh, Carrie Ann, how about you? Do you uh, do anything fun and exciting this week in the outdoors?
2: Um, nothing too exciting. Like, took a couple walks, tried to take some pictures, but mostly working from home.
0: I know. That's got to be a, a an absolute nightmare. But then again, you you guys are kind of in the... the uh, that area is so in the chicago yeah Indian we're area like close kind of, to it so yeah, yeah. high high yeah. uh incidents of covid right, right now so right
1: working yeah, from yeah, home yeah, just then... kind of seemed like and i'm sure it sounds great but then the first week goes by and then you say oh well, this exactly
2: sucks. the first week you're like this is awesome and then now that it's like week three maybe it's week four i don't even know what day it is you know you're like this is terrible and i have to stare at this computer and yeah
0: well especially for jobs that you work outside yeah that's got to be even you know you think work from home sounds good but it's oh god like i could yeah that's got to be an absolute nightmare it'd be totally different if
2: i didn't have to work and it was just like, just being home, <laughs> right? And I yeah, can vacation. Just do whatever I want. But I'm tied to having to be productive for my job, so. Well,
0: and then on that topic, you know, uh, in the Chicagoland area, and I know we were talking about it before we started recording here, um, how crazy is it getting down in the Chicagoland area, out in the forest uh, forest areas or the public lands?
2: Um, the The past few days that we've had these, like, I think yesterday it was like 79 it was almost 80 degrees here and today it was in the 70s that these last like four days have been really prime time like everyone's restless everyone wants to get out so the preserves have been really busy Um, like all the a lot of the parks are closed so like city parks and then like just even like municipal parks are closed but the places that are open are so swamped so swamped
0: yeah and I'm and yeah, and I know you're saying it
2: before, but yeah,
0: I and I can only imagine the people—they're getting cabin fever, yeah—and then they just come out and then they're starting to act a fool, yeah. To get the, for sure. you know, get out and about under the woods. Right. Wind, so. And
2: my like my opinion is no one's acting normal during this time, so like get the you know oh, getting you know. them outside and then no. everyone's just like unleashing. You're it's just like it's like it's the West over here, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the Wild West <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, I didn't
0: yeah exactly no i can imagine yeah that does not sound like the most uh the most no, fun I don't situation even go. To be in.
2: you know i don't even want to go that's where i work and i don't even want to go to these places that like i work because i know it's going to be busy not because i don't like it oh, yeah. just because there's going to be too many people oh yeah, yeah for sure for
0: sure yeah and i feel bad as uh you know uh having worked there with you before in some of these places god i feel bad for the staff that is yeah. having to work out in the field oh gosh. yeah oh gosh yeah. yeah terrible but but big ups to the people that are yeah doing it. hey someone's got to do it and rather them than me so <laughs> um i will tell them you but, said that <laughs> uh please don't i still like all of them <laughs> i still kidding. have a good report I'm <laughs> um but uh yeah no this week um well did you have anything else no. carry in i mean you got My outside life's a little not bit that exciting there,
2: but... this time
0: oh that's okay yeah, what about you on. Um, nothing, uh, which by the way, Carrie Ann, as a guest host, great segue. That was excellent. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> yeah, thank absolutely. You. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I didn't do a whole heck of a lot. I've been working on this boat motor, uh, that I've got and it's being a real son of a gun, but we'll see. Hopefully I can get it running. Um, I went out fishing. I actually just came back. Literally. I parked the boat, like ran inside, put my phone on the charger real quick so we can uh, record on time today. Um, I was just out walleye fishing on the Wisconsin river. Didn't catch anything, but, uh, the girlfriend and I, we kind of took a cruise because the water levels are super high right now. So we were able to get into some backwaters. That's typically pretty tough to get into, but right now it's like, you know, it's a few feet deep. So it was totally fine. Um, but we got out and we went on some islands and mushroom hunted a little bit, didn't find anything. I think it's still pretty early for morels right now, at least in Wisconsin,
2: I think it's um, early here but too, yeah. I don't think.
0: Yeah, pretty much anywhere in like the yeah. Midwest, I think it's going to be pretty early, but we figured why not, and we found some good areas where I think there's going to be mushrooms come May, June. Um, but yeah, we, we did that, and we saw some cool stuff, we saw some ospreys, we actually saw some widgeons, which cool. I thought was real weird, but um, yeah, we just hung out, I mean, we took a nice cruise, it was fun to just get out and get out of the house, so. Yeah, it was good, but beyond that, nothing once again too exciting. Oh, uh I should say we're, we're gonna be uh featured. Look if you're in the Stevens Point area, keep an eye on the Stevens Point Gazette. Cause um this weekend and I'll post the picture on the uh on the uh the Instagram, uh the girlfriend and I decided to have a little fun and just sat in my front yard and put up a sign that said honk if carol baskins killed her husband oh my and we made a big sign i
2: love it
0: <clears throat> and we just sat in my front yard and uh, had a few adult beverages and every time somebody honked you know we'd take a sip and we got thousands and thousands of honks <laughs> oh we had fire God. trucks coming by <laughs> and honking we had ambulances honking you know steven's point police were honking at us um and it was such a popular thing, and we were such a we were Facebook famous in the uh, Stevens Point area, uh, that they're actually they're writing an article about it, the Stevens Point paper. <laughs> so, so what are you doing news, this podcast
2: you... for? You're famous, or yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm
0: big time. Yeah, this diddly little podcast. Uh,
1: it's a slow month for news in Stevens Point. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Two drunk twenty somethings put sign in front yard. Perfect. That's news. But yeah, so that was uh, that was my weekend. Just kind of hung out and tried to have a little bit of fun. But yeah, it was good.
1: Oh, hey Austin, are uh, are the golden eyes still rafted up up on the rivers? Or are they down? Are they gone now?
0: Um, I think I saw one today. Uh, what I and there was a couple that flew off like a little bit early, but I could see it from a distance. They looked like they could be golden eyes. It was hard to tell. So I think there's probably some stragglers that are still hanging out. But I did not. I could not verify one way or the other. I didn't have binoculars or anything, so.
1: I just always loved going there right after ice out and seeing just rafts of them um, below the dams and stuff fishing.
0: Yeah, no, there's definitely no rafts, but I can't verify that there were, I, I can or cannot verify that there was any stragglers just because by the, sun, you know, just the sound of my motor was spooking them like way ahead. And I could see the colors, you know, where it could have been, but, you know, it could have been a lot of things. So I don't know. Um, yeah. But Yeah um well do you guys want to get into the news here yeah any any uh final takes on the weekend anything to add no all right we're gonna get into the news
1: oh, um, i got my so- uh, i got a i got a colorado preference point like the last couple hours that they were open so
0: oh nice, that was nice, pretty good yeah. i got her
1: i got a reminder and i just went in and just type in at Mach 10 and trying to get everything uh-huh. in line and then i i got it under the wire so well,
0: good. Yeah, no, that'll be sweet. Yeah, and for those that, d- that don't know, Zach and I are kind of got something in the works to do an, a, a Western hunt at some point, either this year or next. So we're going to try and squeeze that in. But, you know, with the wedding plans, hey, let's you can do your honeymoon with me <laughs> hunting out West. There you go. <laughs> okay, so um, for news articles here, um, the first one I figure we'll cover it because uh, Tiger King is big in the news. COVID-19 big in the news. Uh, so, a tiger at the Bronx Zoo uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. Just that it's a obviously, if you've been keeping up with the news, it's been purported that it is uh, COVID nineteen is likely a zoonotic disease to begin with. So, I figured it is kind of interesting. And if you've listened to our previous podcast, we talked to uh, Bridget Walker about some zoonotic diseases. And this is one of those things where it is interesting. I'm willing to bet that this was – it was probably uh, – the tiger got it from a person is what it's it's saying, at least in the article, is that it could have been from an infected zookeeper that uh, that got it. So that's crazy. What do you guys think about this?
1: Um... You call it crazy. I call it the government trying to not have everybody buy tigers with their supplement income tax. Oh
2: <laughs> they inter- <laughs> take Zach. I'll take. Wow. You're right. You yes. have to be right. It's all a
1: conspiracy.
0: It's Joe exotic has got everyone tripping now. It now, is. Now that they found out that tigers are too grand, they're, they're <laughs> taking that trunk jack and getting a puma. I want
2: like so I want to know did like when these this tiger started acting weird like something was wrong with it were they immediately like we need to get a COVID test when like humans are having a hard time getting it or was it like 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 they eliminated a lot of other things and then they were like well we should probably test it for COVID-19
0: you know. that was my take from this. That was totally right. my take. I'm like, there's people struggling out here, dying right. in the streets, trying to get COVID tests. And they're people over
2: can't get us COVID tests, but this tiger can. Yeah,
0: they're over here testing yeah. tigers, probably armadillos, who knows what. And there's people right. waiting in lines for tests. So I was like, what the heck is going on here? That's right. what I thought too. But, right. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And in the article, it did mention that um, some dogs in Hong Kong and a cat in Belgium. Yeah, you know, we got the whole world's animals are getting infected. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was wild, and I know talking after talking to Bridget in a previous podcast, um, you know she she did mention some of the measures that they put in place to prevent this. And look, here's what happened. So, right Bronx Zoo, you know, get your act together on on doing your uh, environmental protocols on uh, spreading zoonotic diseases because y'all are are tripping. <laughs> but uh yeah uh, i'd
1: like to, I find it interesting too maybe to know if or how contagious it is then if a zookeeper comes into contact with it can it transfer as easily to back to a human then yeah oh yeah
0: yeah true because yeah what if rats start getting it or mice you're it? right yeah who knows yeah. we have a plague on our hands you didn't you didn't hear that from us we're not we're not <laughs> we're not fear-mongering here it's okay um but uh yeah, so on the brighter side of the COVID-19, uh, uh, tale here, uh, is, and I don't know if you guys saw this video, I know it's making its rounds on Facebook and Instagram is around the world. We're getting a lot of, um, with, with people being gone and with less pollution and no cars and all this different stuff. A lot of animals are going back to places that they once, you know, roamed and now they're going back. And, uh, a bunch of goats overtook a city in Wales. I thought this was awesome because they're really cool looking goats.
1: <laughs> they uh,
0: are. And uh, they're, they're, they're Kashmiri goats. And approximately 122 Kashmiri goats uh, just overtook Lulundu. Uh Yes, that's the name of the town, uh, The 122 goats just came to the city and started roaming around. Kurian, are you getting that in your neighborhood in Chicago? Or are you just getting uh, droves of raccoons? That Not hurt? yet.
2: I'm waiting for the goats to come back, but <laughs> no, they, haven't, they haven't made it yet.
0: No, it's just it's just rabies filled raccoons. It's just
2: squirrels. <laughs> it's just a lot of squirrels. Well,
0: that's good, Zach. How about you? You getting uh, droving? Uh, I don't even know what's out in Missouri. What's a typical animal out there? I don't know. You getting anything fun, exciting out by you?
1: Uh no. Some some feral pigs are showing up where they shouldn't What's, be, but that's pretty normal.
0: Yeah. It seems seems about standard, but that that's uh you know, that's uh there there's people in place to take care of those, so that that's probably not a big deal. Um but uh yeah, no, I thought it was cool. You're seeing this all over. I know in Venice they're getting like fish back in the canals, and uh obviously in Wales they're getting goats. So in I think the goat we're...
2: article though, they were like i was reading and it was like people are mad they're eating all their shrubs well like if that's the worst thing that happens to you during this <laughs> that your plants get eaten i think you guys are doing pretty good yeah no no kidding
0: yeah welcome <laughs> welcome to uh the, the suburbs people we've been dealing with uh, <laughs> right. deers eating plants for years now here in wisconsin so you know count your blessings uh yeah no so yeah and then um, what do we got next here zach you want to lead us into this article
1: uh yeah, so I just added this real quick, Carrie, if you didn't see that, but um they state of Wyoming collars a bunch of uh mountain lions and whatnot for just GPS uh data and things along that line and they even do like diet stuff, so if they know based on GPS locations, if it made a kill, um then they'll go Investigate the kill and things like that. So that's kind of the reasons why they put collars on them. But um, over or well, recently this past winter in Wyoming, they noticed that one of the mountain lions hadn't moved for eight hours, which is usually a mortality signal on the collars. So they went to go check it out and um, they realized that the cause of death was actually the plague. Oh, wow. And uh, this isn't the first uh it's actually kind of common not kind con- not common but it's not the first one in a while in mountain lions um but where did it say here scientists discovered that nearly 50 percent of the 28 cats tested had plague antibodies in their blood so at some point in their lives they came into contact with the plague um and it's usually from rodents and stuff it's it's something in the soil that gets transferred to fleas, that gets transferred to rats and mice, that gets transferred to the apex predator then. So um, that little tiny subsection of numbers shows that this might actually be a lot more prevalent than people think. Um, But
0: well, my question with that is, well, my question with that is, and, uh, you know, maybe we can uh, ask uh, Nate if we get him back on, he'd be a good guy to ask with this or even Bridget and uh, Carrie Ann, please chime in if you know anything about this. Um, I wonder once again, from a zoonotic uh, disease perspective, if this could be something that could be transferred to humans, especially if you're eating mountain lion meat is this something that should be treated like uh, CWD where you get it tested before you eat the meat? You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, there was one biologist that was doing a necropsy on a dead mountain lion. And a couple weeks later he died and they didn't know why. And it turns out it was the plague wow. after, and he didn't kill it. He didn't do anything besides find the dead mountain lion. And he was a biologist. So he, necropsied it and he got the plague just from airborne pathogens off of the dead mountain lion
0: mm, that raises some questions uh at my job i do have to deal with time to time uh for for necropsy purposes i do have to deal with uh mountain lions once in a while huh i'm gonna that that raises some questions up. for me at my work huh Huh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I
1: don't know. It's kind of. I think it's kind of just like getting hantavirus from mice. I mean, it's it's not gonna happen, but the the likely or the chance is always there. But
0: yeah, huh? That's weird. Yeah, that that's kind of scary, man. The world we live in now. I'm now. I'm just. I'm gonna become a germaphobe. I'm <laughs> the most not germaphobe. Now I'm gonna be a germaphobe. This is terrible. Twenty twenty is changing me. Um, but yeah, so. We got a bunch of death stories, and we're all going to die of the plague now if we didn't die of COVID-19. So if you need something else to die from, here's another story. A turkey can hit your vehicle at 70 miles per hour and blow through your windshield. So uh, this article... Uh, this is out of Minnesota, and right now it is uh, prime, prime time for turkeys. Right now it is, uh, I think, turkey season has officially started in Wisconsin, I think, um, and in Minnesota. Um, yeah, so uh, Dante Wisco was driving his, uh, his truck for beer farms. I thought it was a beer truck. Now I'm rereading this. It's beer farms. Oh, that's a disappointment. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he was driving along, and then a... 35 pound turkey good lord blasted through his windshield nearly killed him and when the police arrived on scene uh they had to let the turkey go so it ran off into the woods turkey was totally fine it just blew through his windshield (laughs) A 35 pounder man i love turkeys
2: so much
0: (laughs) well not well first off But Carrie Ann, and I know you are the resident uh, avian expert here, is a 35-pound turkey. That's a big turkey. Am I right? That's a
2: big turkey. (laughs) Zach,
1: that would be be a new world record turkey (laughs) if somebody shot it while hunting. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Really? I mean, think about turkeys in the store. Well, you probably don't shop for turkeys. But, like, if you ever go to buy a turkey in the store, like, a 20-pound turkey is huge. Yeah, well, and he, and
0: once again, this is an estimation of <laughs> right.
2: truck drivers. So I don't right. know how
0: accurate, you know, I don't, I don't consider it. He's probably not an ornithologist, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. And he was quoted as saying it wasn't a normal size. <laughs> so at least,
2: at least... clearly. <laughs> I do have, have did... to say the, the title of this article, or at least like that, the link that you sent me, Turkey Missile Hits Semi Truck. I was expecting (laughs) a legitimate missile from Turkey (laughs) hitting a semi truck, and I was like, "From the country." Like, this is a weird article he wants to talk about. (laughs) And then when I read it, I was like, "Oh, it's a bird!" (laughs) Like I thought it was from the country Turkey. Uh,
0: Well, no, yeah, it wasn't. uh, It wasn't uh, the country of Turkey. This was an actual turkey. It was the size of a small missile. (laughs)
2: although i have i do have to also say that like when because people ask me so many bird questions and they want to describe birds to me that they've seen all the time people's size perspectives are hilarious like it was the size of a hawk and it's like a robin (laughs) you know like so i don't trust anybody's size comparisons when it like when it comes to birds because you know just people don't get it
0: well, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you get that you know, if if anyone out there listening works in the natural resources field and deals with people uh, with any identification, it is right. Uh, it is I always saw a cougar you know? and it was a cat. It's the biggest yeah. deer I've ever seen in my right. entire life, and it's right. like a button buck, and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's like a ninety-eight pound doe. Like, um, <laughs> well. Right. Um, but yeah, so uh, keep keep your head on a swivel out there. Is what I'll say. Is watch out driving, for them turkeys watch out for them turkeys and uh
1: oh and uh nw nwtf uh world record eastern turkey 37 oh! pounds six ounces
0: so it could have been 35 pounds what have, what have I darn <laughs> darn close but yeah so that's uh wow so yeah just keep your head on a swivel it's turkey season they're out there so yeah don't i'm gonna get a
1: I did you you're just like armadillos? Armadillos jump when they're afraid, right before they get hit by cars. So apparently, turkeys do the <laughs> same not, thing.
0: I'm instead of getting the, uh, if you're from the Midwest, I'm sure uh, you have a relative, or you may have on your own car deer whistles. I'm just gonna get, uh, I'm gonna make a mount for a a mouth call for a turkey. <laughs> yeah, and put it so the wind hits it, and it will just hopefully scare them away. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that covers the news. Did you guys have anything you guys wanted to add? I don't think so. All right. Well, nope. uh, we'll get right into this here. Um, Carrie Ann, we wanted to talk to you and we've kind of all of our interviews have been uh, pertaining to people's jobs in the natural resources and just what you do on the on, an, on a daily basis. So uh, little, uh, well, here, Carrie-Anne, I'll let you lead in. Carrie-Anne, what <laughs> do you do? What is your job title? And uh, kind of what is the range that you work
2: in? And yeah,
0: you want to give us some general background on your position?
2: Sure. So um, like Austin said, I'm a naturalist for a um, local conservation agency in the Chicagoland area. Basically, my job, it's kind of a mix of things is what I like to tell people. My main responsibility is like an um, environmental educator so I do a lot of teaching a lot of programming um, kids to adults kind of all over the place but then at the same time we do get to do some cool stuff like restoration or um, help our ecologists do some of the science research that they're doing so it's, it's kind of a mix um, of a lot of different things
0: and can you explain, and this is a, a good distinction for people that are maybe looking to get into the environmental ed side of things or just working with people. Can you kind of explain the difference between a park ranger and a naturalist?
2: Sure. Um, I mean, I think to the general public, a lot of times it's the same. Um, and there is some confusion because of... Um, like national parks service rangers, I think do do interpreting and they can do some teaching and programming and things like that. So I think when people just think of like a ranger, they just kind of think of anybody who works in an outdoor environment, like a national park. Anyone um, who wears khaki. Right. It's just a <laughs> right? Or anyone that wears like khaki green or brown, like you're, <laughs> you know, like that's your, you're a ranger. But um, for our my position, it's a little bit different because we are kind of doing more of the teaching aspect of it and coming up with programming and um, educating the public versus um, maybe like enforcing some of the rules or maintaining trails or um, maintaining some of the facilities. So it's a little bit different in that way.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so to get a position like this, what is a typical background or education that, uh, someone has so if you were recommending if I was a high school senior or maybe someone just in their first couple of years of college and I wanted to get into this what would your recommendation be for majors or just kind of a general path to get into a position like this
2: yeah I think that any sort of like outdoor field is a is a good start I don't think you need to like pigeonhole yourself into something like you have to have a biology degree you have to have a natural resources degree you have to have this or that anything that kind of has to do with like outdoors natural resources my background I have a um, degree a bachelor's degree in zoology and a master's degree in biology like with an emphasis in ornithology so I am a bird nerd on paper but in my position, I teach or, like, inform people about all kinds of things. So it, it really, I, my, like, advice would be to pick something that you like that has to do with the outdoors and kind of follow it that way.
0: Okay. And So do you think with a position like that, do you think there needs to be at least some background in education or does it really matter? Can it just be, like, if you got a degree, like you said, in biology or zoology?
2: I don't necessarily think that you need to have a, a degree that has to do with education. I think that the education part of it can come with experience and can come like over time. So if you really want to focus on, so I, you know, I focus on birds, right? But when I was in graduate school, I was teaching. So I picked up experience, even though I wasn't going for teaching, necessarily. Um, You could always look for jobs while you're in college or while you're in graduate school that have to do with teaching or have to do with interpreting or just talking to the public in general. And that can get your foot in the door in a position like this.
0: Yeah. And um, I know, and it's kind of interesting, all three of us on this podcast have worked for the same agency at one time or another. The agency will not be named. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, is there and this is one thing I tell a lot of the students that I work with in my position is it's not one, it's not about what, you know, it's about who you know. And two, it's all about getting that work experience. Do you think in your position and in your agency, is that a big thing that you look for in, in hiring people? Um, Do you look at their past experience, you know, uh, in maybe having a position as a, you know, volunteering bird banding or volunteering with the local, you know, park district or whatever it may be.
2: Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be, um, you know, volunteering experience necessarily. The thing, some of the things that I look for are, is experience helps for sure, but everybody has to start from somewhere. So if somebody comes to an agency and they don't have a lot of experience, it's, it's, to me, that's totally fine because they can learn that they can learn some of those skills while they're, they're working for the agency. But some of the things that I look forward to is just like people that can work independently while doing something. So like a graduate um, research project or even an undergraduate research project, or they were volunteering at this place and they came up with this project that they saw through to the end. So, you know, you can gain experience. It doesn't necessarily have to be, um, in that exact field or for that exact position that you're looking for. But I think it's, it's kind of more like we're looking for like well-rounded people. Right. And that's like, going to take you a little bit farther.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I know a lot of this, you talked about education and some other things and on a personal note, and maybe this can get people that are maybe interested in this kind of get their, their path lined up with what they want. So what was it that drew you to uh, to be a naturalist or what made you want to be a naturalist?
2: I didn't even know that a naturalist was a job. Like I, I had no idea that this was a thing that could be done. You know, I didn't even, I didn't know that much even about like the National Park Service Rangers and their interpreters and what they do. I, um, like I said before, was teaching in graduate school. And I was like, oh man, teaching is kind of cool. Like it's kind of fun. You know, you get to like, interact with people a lot and you know you're like teaching them things and they're learning things and you're kind of seeing those like sparks in their brains like happen you know and or lack thereof right both both both. um so I thought about getting my teaching degree but I kind of looked into it and for me personally I would have had to stay at um school another year or so so I was like no forget that so when I Um, did graduate and leave Western after I got my uh, master's degree I just started looking for those jobs that involved kind of like teaching and the outdoors and I discovered this position luckily and it's perfect you know because I get to do a little bit of everything that I like to do I get to be outside I get to teach people I get to interact with people I get to do some science or like help with science so I just got really lucky to be honest (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, no. And I know those positions are, uh, you know, with any and I will make this recommendation or tell anyone that's looking to get into the natural resources field. And Zach, I think you can attest to this. um, It's probably 80% skill. And having a good resume and everything else, but it's also 20% just luck yeah. of finding a, that random position sure. that is open at that time. And For that, sure. You know, it is one of those those weird things that you may not even know what the position is and you just apply for it and you go,
2: oh man, this is awesome. Well, and another thing um, that I like try to tell people if they're interested in any sort of outdoor or natural resources job is like, one, you just got to like ask. Right. Like you got to kind of ask for your own opportunities and two, just like be involved. Even if you're just going out one time with so and so biologists to like help them with something just to learn, like just do it. Just get that experience.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree.
1: Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Zach. It comes to a point, it comes to a point too where you make your own luck then because then you get you start snowballing yeah. all of your opportunities and then you start getting more and more and more opportunities right. and then by the time you get a job that you want you know you're going to get that job or at least have a good shot at it because you built up to yeah. this the point so much. The only reason so that much. I
2: have a master's degree in ornithology is because <laughs> when I was a junior in college uh, there was an opportunity for me to take an ornith- ornithology class and it was full and I emailed the professor and I said, hey, I'd really love to be in this class. And he was like, sure, I'll just over enroll it. And I worked with him on undergraduate research. I worked with him for my graduate research. It certainly helped me get this job. So like, just ask, you know what I mean? Like, you just got to get your foot in the door.
0: Yeah. That's the biggest, that is the biggest thing. And like I said, a lot of times it's not about what you know, it's about who, you know, that one person you know you assisted on a program one time as a volunteer and yep. they just saw your face and got to know you oh you know so and so was real nice you know you get put to the top of the pile yep just because of that so yeah i think it is uh, a good thing and that's a recommendation i make like i said to all my students i i tell them uh, you know that's something that you got to do just uh make your be seen, get your name out there a little bit um and i think you've touched on it a little bit but it seems and i know having worked previously as a as a park ranger a lot of rangers have their own little area of expertise that they're really good at and everyone's generally good at most things but have their (laughs) little area of expertise um is that the same for naturalists
2: i think so i mean i've definitely learned a lot working um in this position or like close to this position for the last 11 years for the same agency but um you know, I came into it with a lot of bird knowledge. I, you know, kind of try to stay on top of it and like still keep learn learning like bird stuff. But I've also always had an interest in fish. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a fish nerd. Um, I'm kind of a freshwater mussel nerd. And I'm starting to kind of be more of um, not an expert, but I have like a lot more knowledge on native plants and like native gardening. Just because of the stuff that I've had to do for work. So those are probably my top couple. That like if you ask me a question. I can maybe give you an answer. About it. Um, as well, opposed to like an insect. Like I don't know man. Like I'm not that great. <laughs> at insects, to be well, totally honest.
0: Well, I will tell you, uh, Carrie. One thing I don't think you should ever admit to anyone ever again is that you are a freshwater muscle nerd. <laughs> Come on,
2: <laughs> they're awesome. <laughs> they're so uh, cool.
0: Chuck that deep away <laughs> and never tell anyone that ever again for any reason. Uh,
2: whatever. <laughs> but
0: yeah, no, that's uh, that's kind of. How I feel I mean Zach, do you kind of get that in your position
1: as well? Uh just yeah. like specialties. Yeah. Everybody everybody can teach somebody else something that they didn't really think of and things like that, I think. And even if everybody's doing the same kind of job, everyone does it a little bit differently, and everybody has their own kind of niche that they fill i feel like too for my job even so yeah, no
0: that and i think that that's true of probably most jobs but definitely in the natural resources field you deal with a a lot of nerds for lack of a better term and a lot of different uh, it's a good it's like
2: matters. an endearing term it's not a bad term it is. yeah nerds. exactly yeah so, we're all yeah, nerds just,
0: it's you know? people are passionate about certain right. aspects of right. the natural resource field and i know for me, when I, you know, when I was still out in the field doing stuff, it was, um, you know, I was, I was big on hunting and fishing regulations and teaching about that. And, I, you know, I, that was a big thing that I knew a lot about. And that was uh, something I was able to teach the public. And not every, not all of my other rangers knew about that stuff. But, you know, that's, uh, that's the beauty of it is you have a, that's why you have coworkers. So Right. And I like, um, I think that
2: people in this field too, um, in general, like to learn right like they like to learn more about things that they're interested in so even during this the stuff that's going on now that and i'm like working at home up from a computer i still am watching at least or listening to like a webinar or like a seminar every day just because i want to learn more and like i want to be engaged so the other day i watched a presentation on illinois bobcats because yeah no we don't have them here but like, it's something I want to learn about. So I think that, you know, people in this field are always eager to learn and like eager to share their knowledge. So it's just like a field that kind of like um, really helps you learn all the time.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think any of the science fields, natural resources being, uh, you know, in my opinion, definitely, I would say it would fall under the umbrella of biology probably, but you know, um, there's always every day there's new discoveries and new things being learned, and a million different things. I mean, just like, uh, you know, when you and I work together, I know that there was an incident with uh, having a mountain lion in our area, which was never seen before, right? And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I better learn about lines. <laughs> right. We just had one roaming <laughs> through, uh, our right, area. right? So, uh, but yeah, and then, um, you know what what is your favorite part about your job? I know you kind of touched on some of the different aspects, but for you, your day to day operations, what what is your favorite part about the job?
2: I think my favorite part is that no two days are the same. Like when things are normal, right? Like when we're in when we're at our office or when we're at our park, there's no two days that are exactly the same. Um, because that's just kind of the nature of the job and the nature of working outside. You never know what you're gonna run into. Like your two donkey friends were loose on Spring Road last <laughs> summer because they got out and like <laughs> the cops were out. Like so there's two donkeys that live in a in a residence next to the park that I my office is at. And Austin loves those donkeys. Don't tell don't let him tell you he doesn't. <laughs> And they got out. So, like, we're trying to, like, corral donkeys or we're making maple syrup or we're teaching. Who knows? You know what I mean? It's just, like, every day is different. Interacting with people every day is different. So, it's just really fun because it's a variety. And, honestly, I get to be outside. So, that's, like, a huge part of it as well.
0: Yes, and, and thank you for clearing that up because I feel like that could have been very misinterpreted. <laughs> uh, Austin's donkey friends. Austin's donkey well, friends. They're, they're actual, they're, they they're actual donkeys. donkeys. donkeys and, and
2: they're they are donkeys. Many donkeys, but they're adorable. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes. Um, but yeah, and another question that I, I think is pertinent to your specific um, geographic area that you serve, in, and we mentioned it before, but you're in the suburbs of Chicago. And uh, you know Chicago nearly butts up to your service area in some spots. Um, what's what do you think some of the biggest differences are in serving a more urbanized area versus someone that may be out in the sticks or in more of a rural area as a naturalist?
2: Um, I think I'm jealous of the rural naturalist. <laughs> to <laughs> be honest, um, I, I think it's different in in a few different ways, and you can probably look at it a couple different ways too, but like wildlife aspect I could we could probably see some like cooler stuff if we were in a more rural area um but people aspect I see way more people on a daily basis and way more visitors on a daily basis than I probably would if I was in a rural area so it just depends on what you're looking for and like your responsibilities might be different if you worked in a rural area versus like what we do up here
0: well, yeah, for sure. And I know, Zach, you obviously work in a more rural setting. I'm sure, you know, having grown up and Zach, I know you grew up, but like myself and like Carrie grew up in more of an urban area. And now you live in more of a rural area. Do you notice any distinct differences between, you know, knowledge of the outdoors amongst the public or other things like that? Is there any big distinctions that you have noticed?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody I know down here will talk to you. If they don't do it, they'll talk to you about the mushroom hunting. Or if you bring up to uh, you know, an elderly woman or a little kid or anyone in between, they're here in turkey got turkey's goblin this time of year. They'll say, "Oh yeah, I love hearing them," or "Oh yeah, I heard them over here." Or they they're just kind of. I think they're more just in tune with nature because it's I, I live in a town of a four hundred people. I mean the nature is a lot more around them than living up in the growing up in the concrete jungle, yeah, you know.
0: Absolutely. And I know it, it was it's kind of an interesting thing because now I live in what I would say is kind of a mix. You know, the second you get outside of town you're in the right. rural area of central Wisconsin. I mean it's you know my town is small. It's about probably Ten or fifteen square blocks. Once you get outside of that, it is woods and forest and farmland as far as the eye can see. Um, and I've noticed is is just one of those things when I when I worked in the Chicagoland area, you'd have kids that had you know never seen oh, a deer, absolutely,
2: Are yeah.
0: not you know they don't even know. You look at it like, oh, what kind of bird is that? I don't they know, ask pro, when you're going to let the animals
2: out. You know, like, they think it's a zoo. Yes. Yeah. They, you know, I'm serious. <laughs> like, what? where's the animals? Like, I don't, they live here. I don't know. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> way different. Way different viewpoints. <laughs> right?
1: They are out. <laughs> They've been right. out. What are you right. talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah. And... and- and this is something, and, you know, uh, carrie Ann and I were, were talking about before uh, before we started recording was, uh, what was it? Was it the month of March was uh, Women's, is it Women's Appreciation history Month? Women's History Month, I think. Month, I think. Well, you history don't appreciate okay, it very sorry. much I, if you don't
2: even know what it's called. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a misogynist. <laughs> um,
0: no, and I know that uh, with your your um, uh department that with the place you work at they're doing kind of an insight into some of the jobs and women in the outdoors uh do you think that they're do you think it's hard i'm just kind of curious and i want to hear your opinion of women working in the natural resources field do you think it's harder easier for women
2: to work in the natural resources I don't know if it, I'm going to, gosh, I'm going to catch so much flack for these answers, I bet. Because I, I don't know if it's harder, you know? Like, I only know what, like, my experience is. And, you, I, yeah, I worked hard to get where I am. But, like, I, I feel like just more people, no matter who they are, should be in the natural resources field, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. I, I feel like we we could use more people, period. Um, but I don't know if it's yeah. necessarily harder, Um, it probably depends on your, the specific agency you're trying to get into maybe, you know, but what in my place specifically where I work 20 years ago, it was all males that worked there. Now I work with almost all females on staff. So, you know, there's definitely been a shift since 20 years ago, but do I necessarily think it needs to be more women? I just think it needs to be more people in general.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, that's something that I've always appreciated about working in the natural resources field. And maybe it was our agency that we work for, but even currently now I still work in the natural resources field. I truly believe. And that's one thing I appreciate about it is I think it is an extremely healthy mix. Yeah. I I really do. I don't think, I think you see equal parts, you know, when I was a ranger, we were about, well, there was times where we were 50 50 sometimes it shifted one way or the other, but I think um, it is large. I, and I think that's a great thing. And that's one of the great things about the natural resources field. And even, um, and I think you could, uh, you could attest to this is even with the wildland firefighting, I know out West it's largely, male dominated but i know with our district that we worked with was uh you know it was it was split yeah. i mean you you and i have fought wildfires next
2: to each other <laughs> i tra- so. i drive yeah. past that tree every day <laughs> 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 but yeah i mean it's it's a good mix where we were lucky to work in the agency where it is a good mix maybe other agencies are like other um, places could use some more women in the workplace but not overall i just think it could be anybody who's interested yeah, yeah. absolutely well, I, I, um,
1: I look at I'm... i look at a job like a naturalist and i just i feel like that's uh, a more woman dominated job it seems to me and I, I correct me if i'm wrong but most natu- most Every person I know that's a naturalist seems to be a woman. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, 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 I do, don't know if
1: that's a trend. I do know more or...
2: women naturalists than I do male naturalists. I think, and um, so, and I didn't didn't necessarily want to say this out loud because I mean, I, I only also know like a very small um like number, right? Like I know, just know who I mostly work with, and there are a lot of women. So would I welcome like more males into the in, to like be into the field? Yeah. Absolutely. But if you're talking about like the field in general, you know, I just, it. I don't think it matters who you are.
0: Yeah. No, I, I yeah, totally absolutely. Do. Yeah. I'm with you. And I think that goes for all of the natural resources field. And that, like I said, I, I can't, I can't stress it enough. I think it's one of the, one of the, nat, the great things about the natural resource field is everyone. I think, you know, I'm all about having more people of all, you know, races colors genders whatever you want to call it getting everybody in there because I think everyone has a different insight and I think especially with uh the natural resources because this is uh, a field that affects everyone and we could all appreciate it and I think that's you know I I'd love to see everyone just more
2: people get yeah and like certainly once you get into college and you get to like specialize a little bit more you get to see all the people that are interested in the same stuff that you are and like you know, the like, I know a, a gal who's a paleontologist. Like, I generally feel like when people first think of paleontologists, they think of males because of Jurassic Park. <laughs> white, a white haired old guy. <laughs> right? But then I also know a, a gal who's a very successful fisheries biologist. And I feel like that's not necessarily what people think of when they think of a fisheries biologist. But as you keep going in your classes and like getting more experience and, and networking, like we talked about, you get to see that like, Hey, there's a lot of people in this field of all different backgrounds of all different genders who can do cool stuff. And like, you can do it too.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure. No, I'm totally with you. Yeah. I, Every,
1: I, everybody, Everybody's in, everybody's in this field because of the same general reason. I mean, everybody, loves their job, so i just feel like every people in this field are just easier to get along with they're yeah. easier going and they're all just in it for all the right. right reasons
0: well and that is one thing in the natural resources field i'll tell you and i've said it on this podcast a million times you ain't ever going <laughs> to no. be a millionaire being in the natural resources <laughs> field anyway, no. I'll break the news to everyone you are not right. going to be a millionaire but you will have an excellent job and you will love what you do. And I think uh, of all of the jobs that I've had, the natural resources people, in my opinion, are some of the happiest, nicest, coolest people you'll ever meet. And I think that goes for all the fields of the natural resources, except, except for, and I will say this on record, Uh-oh. and my roommate is a soils guy. Soils people
2: are weird. they're the bad I'm nerds. I'm sorry. Soils- they're like oh, the yeah. nerds that we don't want to associate with.
0: <laughs> Soils people are weird. You can quote me on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but uh, they're
1: just they're yeah. the redheaded stepchild of the natural resource field.
0: Hey, that's great. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I, and you know what? I'm not going to give you bird folks
2: any. Oh any no, man! Bird people either. are. I n- mean, there's a lot of crazy too. bird people. I don't even want to associate with most of them most of the time, to be honest. So you can say whatever you can say whatever okay. you want about them. There's a lot of weirdos <laughs> in the bird community.
0: Well, oh, for sure. Well. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you this. So this is uh, a common question given to to rangers, and I'll give it to you as an as a naturalist. What's the weirdest oh, thing you ever seen?
2: I don't know. I have to think about that. There's a lot of weird stuff that we've seen. I feel like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's uh yeah, I'm just trying to think on your on the yeah. property that you guys serve. I'm trying to think of some of the weird stuff. I mean, plenty of poaching yeah. cases in your area which I've yeah. had to deal with, but uh I mean, just the
2: other day huh. yeah, because no, we so we've locked all of our bath. This isn't the weirdest thing, but like because we've locked all of our bathrooms, definitely saw a guy taking a poop in the woods the other day <laughs> because <laughs> and he was not far enough off the trail. <laughs> so I mean, that's just the most recent weird thing, I guess, <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> and can we, can we
0: all agree as a collective unit here that I don't know what it is, and this is going to be another public disclaimer, I don't know what it is about people going out into the woods or out into natural resource areas. Why does all of the public have to just poop on know. everything?
2: I, I don't, don't know. know.
0: I can't figure it out.
1: I They're don't expressing know. I mean... their 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 uh, constitutional yeah. freedoms.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone just poops on everything. I don't know why. Oh wait, I have a kind of a weird one uh. that happened recently. Um, I was watching our neighbor's dog, who's that giant dog that I sent Austin a picture of, and in a forest reserve, And this girl, this younger girl, kept coming up to us and. She wanted to pet the dog and stuff, but she kept looking in her like hoodie pocket, and I was like, "What is she doing?" And she kept saying, "Like, no, don't, don't like nudge Snowflake or like something like that." And finally, I was like, "Wait, is there a guinea pig in your pocket?" And sure enough, this girl had her guinea her guinea pig with her, just hanging out in her in her hoodie pocket. And I was like, "What?" Like I didn't, I didn't know. What to say. <laughs> it, I mean, that's like a, a kind of a happy, funny, weird story. But it was, it was kind of the, one of the most recent ones I could think of too. I'm like, your guinea pig's name Snowflake? <laughs> like, <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> hearing weird noises. I like, up that well, stomach. I was you like, what if this stomach? guinea pig jumps out of her pocket and this dog tries to eat it? <laughs> you know, like I didn't, I don't know what was going to happen. <laughs> so I just kind of tried to walk away as fast as I could, but she kept following us yeah
0: that's awesome that's awesome well i i think we've covered everything about being a naturalist um you know just on a on a personal note you got you got out i have not
2: i know what's up i know i was actually just thinking about it the other day that i should try to get out but i'd have we'd have to find a spot that there's not going to be a lot of people we closed our we canceled our trout season so mm-hmm. like those lakes are closed still.
0: Yeah. And they didn't they didn't get stocked from what I think I think they did. Read, I so think they did. They didn't even trout in there.
2: Yeah. They but now stocked? they're closed. That's why they're closed. Oh. It's because we stocked them, but we just don't want people like congregating. Cuz like the loons are having yeah. their heyday on those lakes. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> but I bet. yeah. So no, I do need to get out. And uh, yeah, that's well, yeah,
0: you'll 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 find a spot and get up more yeah. soon enough, and uh, yeah, make that happen. And then, uh, are you doing any hunting me? this year? Or no, no. Yeah, I don't think so. Nothing.
2: I oh, know. Man.
0: come on, gotta get out for some thousand. But, Zach, well, uh, any closing remarks? Who me or. Um. Zach. Zach, you got any <laughs> final questions?
1: Um, I guess maybe one kind of broad stroke question, but is there like a protect- particular season of the year you look forward to? Activities that are kind of coinciding with seasons that you enjoy the best?
2: I think, I feel like they, I like look forward to every season for, you know, a different reason, but everyone's so itching to get outside when winter ends and like spring is beginning and you start to see like things starting to grow again. And I think everybody just gets like really excited for that. So I definitely like, you know, the beginning of spring, but I'm, a- I'm also kind of a fall person. I-, I have to say that like winter is probably my least favorite season of all of them for Sure.
1: Sure.
0: And then I, I actually have another question as well. And this could be a quick plug for you. And I know, uh, you know, you can't, I, I would, I would, well, here, <laughs> okay. I'll just ask the question. Um, if, you, if you had a um, a favorite program or one that you're most proud of that you've done. There, that
2: I be? don't know. There might be a couple, um, maybe just like two that come to my mind. Um, I do lead bird walks in the, for the agency that, I work for us and that's been gosh for probably like 7 years now that I've um led the walks and they're they're pretty popular now we like bounce from different locations around the around the county so that's always a fun one I kind of have a following like I have a groupie like or like I have groupies groupies of oh, that yeah. wow. oh, okay. <laughs> follow me around okay <laughs> Uh, and then the other one is that we. Um, I'm part of a uh, the committee that uh, leads a, a native plant sale, so that's the other one that I think um, that I'm kind of proud of. I think my fondest memory of nice, nice. a native plant sale is. Do you remember me pulling you in a wagon, Austin? <laughs>
0: I don't, but sounds like. Remember, we put we, we put t- had to
2: put together a bunch of wagons because, like, people pull their plants around, and like you had me wheel oh, you yes. into no, the tent I do recall that. Yes. in a wagon. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. You I'm were the, prettiest the plant pretty. Everyone sale. wanted to buy you, <laughs> and we he said he's not for sale. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah no that's uh yeah no the native plant sale is always a big one yeah no those are great pro- bring, yeah bring me back to my days over there um but yeah well i think that covers anything did you uh Kirian did you have anything that you wanted to add about being a naturalist or just anything about the natural resources i mean i think we hit it about?
2: all i think we all express our love of the natural resources and how we want everybody to do it yeah. and everybody to understand why it's so awesome so i think i think we hit it all
0: yes yes absolutely well i guess we could bring it into our next segment here um so carrie ann do you got a well here i'll ask zach first zach do you have a hot gear cold beer for us
1: yeah um so for hot gear i went to walmart the other day and i was looking at all these fancy turkey hunting vests that come with like the your padded seat flap and stuff um
0: yeah
1: but i don't want to pay 75 bucks for a mesh vest with a seat pad sewn to it so in the outdoor section in the back corner i found one of those seat pads for like three bucks and i found a camo vest for like 10 and i'm gonna sew it onto the bottom of that for my own little makeshift turkey hunting vest
0: amazing there you go and uh do you know the brand is it just ozark or i know they carry a lot of ozarkers is are just the mossy oak general off name brand
1: yeah I, I forget exactly what vest it was it's not right next to me i think it was ozark trail or something
0: nice nice and then what do you got for uh, cold beer
1: cold beer i'm actually doing a whiskey this week uh old camp is the company and they make a peach pecan Whoa. whiskey. And it is unreal. I actually, one of my recipes I'll tell you guys about, I actually incorporated it into that too. And it's sweet, it's smoky, and it's just awesome.
0: Damn, nice. Well, uh, Carrie Ann, what do you got for us? You I don't know if it's gear, necessarily like
2: gear? gear, but it's like definitely a toy to use outside um okay lately i've been just yesterday i did a little bit of a burn in my backyard and um they make <laughs> that they make uh like weed torches that you can hook up to a little like one of those like one pound propane or like however many couple pound propane canisters and then you can just like spot burn stuff um, so I use that to like do a yeah. little bit of a controlled burn in the backyard <laughs> the other day.
1: That's the exact opposite <laughs> of, a, of a toy, Carrie Ann.
2: <laughs>
1: but, um, it's yeah, just
2: a little toy a little that like, toy, lights up on fire. <laughs> it's great. You can use it for so many things. <laughs> for one thing. <laughs> you can, I mean, cook a right, steak in you could probably seconds. cook a hot dog Perfect. in like two seconds. <laughs> but so so what
0: did you use it for were you just taking care of weeds and stuff yeah like pretty the, much uh, you know the garden area or no i was burn like, your burning grass?
2: in the garden that needed to be burned back but it is like kind of oh, designed nice, for nice. like spot weeding you know in the summertime
0: yeah oh nice nice for sure cool cool i uh, do so then you got I'm a cold beer drinking
2: for um dogfish head slightly mighty Oh, I'm not fancy because it's like You're a, huh? like a low cal IPA. So it's like a lighter IPA instead of like feeling uh, kind of uh, heavy. It's good.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, slightly, <laughs> slightly mighty it's called. Slightly mighty. Uh and how much does that mean for like, a six year? Like little twelve less bucks. I
2: feel like it's like ten.
0: Oh, that's not bad. Not terrible. That's good. Well, that's cool. And uh, I guess for me, uh, my hot gear, which I just used it today, as I said, I just got off the river, um, is I bought some Berkeley Fireline. Um, I went down, I normally run braided on this rod. It's a uh, seven foot um, medium heavy rod that I use uh, on the river, you know, for egg sinkers and stuff. It's got a little bit more backbone. So I use a little bit heavier pound test on it. And um, I tried the Fireline. And the stuff actually works pretty dang good. I'll give credit where credit is due. And uh, I got the crystal. So it's the white line. And I don't think it, I guess it, I don't know if it's a mono or a fluoro. It's some weird like wax coated thing. It's like a hybrid braided. Um, Worked really well. I have no complaints about it. Worked real good. Casted well today uh, off that rod. Um, So I'll use that. Berkeley (laughs) sponsor us. Um, <laughs> low key And And then uh, For my cold beer I did have one written down here But then I thought this weekend I haven't uh, I, I don't know If I've covered this one before But I will support local And as a resident of Stevens Point, Wisconsin I will go with The Cider Boys, which is produced here In Stevens Point at the Stevens Point Brewery uh, Is the Ooh. Grand Mimosa uh oh yeah. It's uh it's real good. Um, you know, I like their sangria one, but I, I bought a sixer of the Grand Mimosa when it was uh I've had it's been sitting in my fridge up north for like three months. And uh I went up north this weekend to pick up my <laughs> boat and I was like, Oh, look at these, they're just sitting here. And uh yeah, it was uh it was darn good. I, I enjoyed them quite a bit, but uh yeah, so that's, that's my uh, hot gear, cold beer. And then, Zach, will lead right into it here. What do you got for us for recipes?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think it was Tuesday. I took out like a pound and a half venison roast off of uh, dough that I shot with my bow early season. Um, I thawed it in the fridge for two days, and then I gave it uh, one-to-one ratio, salt and sugar, coating and left it in the fridge for another day. Recoated, left it in the fridge for another day. And then I rinsed all that off and just did sugar, coated it in sugar and left it in the fridge for one more day. And I had this awesome crust on it. Like I like to see in a kind of a dry brine like that. Got the smoker going to like 205, some pecan flavored or some pecan wood chips. And then I dumped some of that Maple pecan whiskey into my water tray. Um two hours and that thing, I think internal temp was like one thirty, 130, one thirty five, and it had just an awesome, like sweet, kind of like a honey glazed ham coating over the whole thing, and just like tender roast beef tear apart in your mouth, no problem on the inside, and that nice sugary kind of finish on the outside
0: what did i tell you about (laughs) using the whiskey in the water tray it's top notch top notch yeah if if nothing
1: else it it provides really good aromas
0: yes absolutely and yeah it gives that because i and i don't know the whiskey that you use but if you get the oak barrel whiskeys you know anything that's aged it gives it it really like you said it's aromatic it gives a, a flavor to the I don't know if it penetrates or if it's just a crust, but you can really taste it in there. It's real good for sure.
1: Yeah. And And usually I don't, usually I do salt and sugar to finish on the last day, but I just used sugar. And I think that played a big role in sweetening it up as well.
0: And how does that, uh, when you put the sugar on it in the smoker, does it caramelize it? Does it get like a a hardened crust or does it kind of turn like a a syrup on the outside?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't keep it on there when it goes in the smoker. So this is like a five, six day process of cure or brining it, dry brining it in the fridge. And then I'll rinse everything off because the salt and sugar penetrated it as much as it's probably gonna. Otherwise it gets a little too salty. If it penetrates too much, then I'll rinse everything off, let it dry out either sitting outside for a couple hours or leave it in the fridge overnight. And then That just makes a little bit more smoky flavor stick to the meat
0: yeah that sounds absolutely delicious yeah that's awesome and
1: then tonight actually Uh, I got another quick one we I pressure canned a bunch of venison off of a different deer and um we cracked open a jar today I think it's been on the shelf for well since like October and they're good for like two years so it's a good time or a good thing to do if you're prepping for an apocalypse is pressure I am can super your venison because it's good you in a
2: pressure can, a candy, sir. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It's and it's amazing and it's super tender. And we did it where I threw I actually made a big pot of gravy and I threw all that pressure canned meat into the gravy. And then I made mashed potatoes and toast and then we put we did like an open-faced roast beef sandwich with the gravy and meat and mashed potatoes all together
0: damn i do, i gotta come I'm, I'm coming <laughs> out to missouri just to eat that's, that's that's it i don't even want to see you i'm just gonna do a drive-by uh just give me your food and i'm i'm gonna carry on just no, stop just awesome. stop on
1: by for supper one day <laughs>
0: Yeah, there you right. go. It will be supper because we're in Missouri. So that's right. Be. Breakfast, yeah,
1: breakfast, right. dinner, and supper. are the three meals of the day.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, awesome guys. I think uh well here we'll close out. Zach, you got any big plans for the week?
1: Um no. We just got a new kayak rack for Tracy's car, so I think we're gonna go to some lake and just do a little bit of fishing.
0: Nice, nice carrie any uh, anything you got uh, uh no, just, for this week in the outdoors? right? I mean, gonna try to get Fighting outside as house? much as we can, but nothing, <laughs>
2: nothing in particular.
0: Yeah, man, you guys are boring. Come on, <laughs> as,
2: a, as a, hey, Austin, what do you want? What are you gonna
0: do? <laughs> well, nothing probably. <laughs> yeah.
2: Make a honk honk for uh, whatever sign. No. That's what you're gonna do.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, 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 this, <laughs> yeah this this weekend it might be uh i already have a plan i think this week it might be uh honk uh, oh yeah honk to free joe exotic i did so, you hear that he i so, heard a rumor yeah, that he has
2: coronavirus in jail is that true or not true
1: oh yeah he tested positive yeah. i thought i heard
0: i'm sure he has coronavirus amongst many other stds that he has contracted while in jail in
1: jail you mean, who would like have thought, who would have, thought that... <laughs> who would have ever thought
0: you're not wrong you're not who would have ever thought
1: who would have ever thought that shooting a gorilla in ohio in 2012 <laughs> would lead to where we are today r.i.p <laughs> harambe
0: r.i.p harambe <laughs> yes uh But yes, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see on that. Uh, yeah. So I don't got anything too big planned. Just get my boat running and working, you know, working as it should. Um, but yeah, so I think that closes it out this week, episode 15 of the between two pines pod. Um, follow us on Instagram. We are at between two pines pod on Instagram. Follow us there. Continue to listen to the podcast. We are on all major providers. Uh, we should be on Stitcher here. I've been working on that. I had some hiccups with uh, getting everything synced up with that, but I think we should be on there now. Um, but, yeah, always as always, if you're a professional in the field and you want to be on, absolutely DM us. We'll uh, we'll get you on there. And then, uh, yeah, let us know how we're doing. So thanks again. All right, and I will close it up at 63.30. Well, thank you, Kieran.
2: We're idiots. So it worked. Thanks.
1: Thank you very much. No, that was.